Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Another names, trade addicts pie Let's go I am Rocky Petrella, and I have a trading problem I am Andrew Hall, and I have a trading problem. Me? Cool. Yes, yeah. you. Uh, I, I'm Peter <laughs> Howard. I don't have a problem. The court mandated that I come here, but I want to make it very clear up front. I do not have a problem. Other people have a problem with my very fine habit. So, like, that's, that's where I'm, what I'm going with. I love, love Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem. You have the problem with my, my addiction. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to session 278 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Andrew, look me up. The Jap Network, if you will. And we will, of course. So, uh, obviously, this uh, you heard, we're, we're rustless this week. Uh, no, no, no Dynasty Outhouse. Uh, but we have our unofficial third co-host here, Andrew Hall. Uh, Andrew, hey, how you doing tonight? Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. I know anytime Russ is unable to make the show and I get the chat or the text, I'm just like, yeah, I can do that. Like, okay, sure, why not? Like, I'll help Russ out. He's helped me out a bunch. So at least I can do is, is sub in. Hopefully we can uh, keep the energy high. And uh, my Bengals uh, fandom on the wall here will be like Higgins on the wall for Russ. So you if go. you're watching, if you're a patron and you're watching, you, you still get the same kind of vibe from the 85. It's just a different player. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, we're we're getting into it. We're finally getting to, to the point of uh, almost its point scoring season. Uh, people, we got some trades here. We actually have a, a, a nice handful of trades this week. And we have a, a fun guest with us tonight, uh, no matter what he wants to say. <laughs> Peter Howard. Peter, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you can do, what you do and where they can find what you do? Tell everyone who you are and what you can do. That's that's a st- you set me up here for a monologue of some sort. Um, no, I, I like the term restless, by the way, because uh, it was my lazy ears. It all sounds like wrestler, restless, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. You're restless. I get it. You follow energy and vim. Um, no, my name's Peter Howard at Pierre Hardy on Twitter and Threads and anywhere else you need an app. Like, technically, I have an Instagram account, but I cannot remember the last time I went on it. Um, and yeah, you can find me at those places. I podcast at the Dynasty Crossroads. I do writing for DynastyLeagueFootball.com, part of the BetsBurts network. Um, I don't know why I went into it that for. Normally I just say the at. But yeah, that's me. I'm a senior writer for DLF and uh, I do Dynasty stuff. <laughs> he does. It. It just I, I, I was going to say, like, it's sad that Russ isn't here, but my chances of coming on here like improve exponentially in the minute he's gone. So no, let's yeah. <laughs> Mind it. it seems to work that way with Zach too. Every time, uh, every time Zach's here, Russ is not. But <laughs> well, 
We tried live streaming for a while together, and ever since then, he's just avoided us. It must be. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Two of you. He's just, yeah. He would have to turn up to complain about that statement, which he's not going to do. So, you know. Exactly. Not tonight, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, we're uh, we're getting into the point scoring season. Uh, we actually have a little bit of a question about that later. Uh, not much news though, uh, which maybe is a good thing. Uh, we were talking before the show. Couple, couple, somewhat injuries. Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Terry McLaurin, but both both look like the uh, JSN looks more likely, I think, to miss regular season time. But I don't know that either has a big dynasty impact. No major injury so far. Now that I've said that, three guys are going to tear their ACL tomorrow. But <laughs> knock on wood. So when we get into the news, the only thing we really got here that I, I, I felt we had to at least uh, bring up, even, again, I'm not even sure this has much dynasty impact, but Jonathan Taylor, given permission to seek a trade, uh, we've been kind of hearing this uh, the whole uh, preseason here that he's not happy, uh, he wants more money, all that good stuff. Do, do either of you, Andrew, maybe you can answer first, either you believe that anything is actually going to happen here with Jonathan Taylor or is he just going to be starting for the Colts week one I do think he'll be starting for the Colts week one I I think a lot of this is just bluster I think a lot of this is talk it's too late in the offseason in my opinion for a real trade to happen of any value of any you know desperation of anyone I think that the only there are only a handful of teams that would be willing to pay the price the Colts want and those teams aren't really contending or competing this year you don't see it happening so yeah I think this is just more of you know Anything in this offseason, anything in the preseason just gets elevated times 10 because it's all we have. But, yeah, yeah. I, I really don't think he goes anywhere. I think he plays. Yeah, Miami is one I've, I've heard or at least seen on Twitter. But, like, they want a first round. No one's giving up a first round pick and giving Jonathan Taylor a huge contract. That's just right. not happening. Right. But the teams with the room don't have the don't have the pick, and the teams with the pick don't have the room. It's just, like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Do you think this is having any effect on anything, Peter, in terms of especially Dynasty? Like, it seems to me we're just going to end up, like Andrew said, with Jonathan Taylor, just what we yeah, all expect playing. My usual line to just not echo exactly what you said is, you know, the NFL is getting more creative. It's accepting more trades. It's not as certain as it used to be that absolutely nothing's going to happen and there's nothing to see here. But, yeah, yeah, mostly exactly what you said. I <laughs> <laughs> Um, the chances are slow. I, I think it's just more more of a space to keep your eye on. Running backs are getting restless, and rightly so, based on you know what's happening with other positions. And this is going to be a continuing storyline that we should keep in mind, at least. Um, especially because we're definitely in a dead zone running back era, let alone dead zone running back draft section. Mm. Would you breakouts last year? Would you breakouts this year? We have a few good new young running backs coming in, as well as a lot of... Um, non-rookies in really interesting positions to take on volume and maybe a, another great year from running back could add to that conversation it might be an element to break out running backs we haven't thought of like if jt comes in and has his best year ever if Bijan robinson reminds us and the league exactly how many jerseys a good running back can sell <laughs> that could add to that's the only thing i can think of that might be slightly off the beaten path type of an answer yeah, that's a good point, though, because I've been saying all non-point scoring season when the Barkley and Jacobs stuff came up, this is nothing to worry about. They're going to play. But I do – I mean, it does seem like it might could be coming to a breaking point in the next year or two. With running backs are, like, finally realizing just how devalued Something they are in the NFL, and they're not happy I mean, about it. 
I've already heard people, and I don't know, it gets a little conspiratorial at some point, but I mean, how far back is this reverberating? Because you've got to think, if you're a mom or a dad or just a kid looking at the NFL, how many of the most talented athletes are going, I, I really don't want to play running back coach. I think I'm going to try out for wide receiver or safety or almost anything else. Linebacker. Um, it makes no sense you know? anymore. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, the talent pool dries up at the start of the journey, then that reverberates many, many years later, and it's just conspiracy thinking. But it is it, something's going to give at some point, yeah. So, so 15 years from now, we're going to have no good athletes playing running back, is what you're saying? Well, good athletes is relative. <laughs> but um, I remember okay. there, was a, there was an English TV commercial where David Beckham, who you actually all know, hi, and a footballer you all know, um, but he was <laughs> – doing a commercial with a very, for us, a very famous player of rugby, which is a different sport that we do. It's like football that you know, (laughs) but without pads because we're not weak and weedy like you guys, or at least those (laughs) rugby players aren't. Yeah. Um, Anyway, you can't pass forward, so it's really weird game. Anyway, um, (laughs) the whole ad was Beckham teaching uh, the rugby player to kick a free kick like he does, and the reverse happening for the rugby player teaching uh, Beckham how to do it. And I do have a point to this. Because one of my university friends always pointed out that talented athletes, talented sports players, it's not really just athletes. You can be a talented athlete, not a good NFL football player, for example. Keenan Allen exists in the league, and he can be run out of shorts by most of the rookie prospects we see these days. He's still a better football player than most. So athlete is a little different. But he liked the point of that commercial as just like some sort of visual reference that good people that are good at sport tend to be really good at other sports. And like that's all your the reason your football team isn't as good as like the English football team or the Brazilian football team probably has a lot to do with the fact why would you go and play soccer if you're the best person in your school at stuff? You go play baseball or you go play basketball. And well, those sports are very different. I've always thought it was interesting to think about how players filter into different sports. And that's more what I'm thinking about with running back. It's not that you have bad athletes, but the best athletes, the best sports players, as it were are going to be less interested in that position um, increasingly. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to go on a long diatribe, but I really think it's interesting to think about how, you know, someone who, no, the Antonio Gates caller, he's pretty pretty good at basketball, yes, phenomenal well. tight end. So there is a limit here, yeah. but he's still pretty good at basketball. Cole Beasley, anyone seen Cole Beasley dunk recently? Remember that video? <laughs> and he's a <laughs> little, short, little short guy. But people who are talented at sports tend to have a lot of different um, – Options. abilities that relate to other sports. And I always think that's interesting to think about when it comes to positional availability. Again, nothing actionable in Dynasty. I've wasted about 20 <laughs> minutes of your life right now talking about nothing. Nailed but that's it. what we do. We're a fantasy football podcast. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was, I'm relatively speaking when I say good athletes. I'll be, pretty much everyone in the NFL is a good athlete. So uh, I just meant, like you said, the best athletes will not be playing. I mean, compared that, so. to humans, like we were literally just yes. talking about my feet maybe not existing anymore because that's how long it's been <laughs> since I stood up. So... <laughs> Okay, Peter. So uh, we always give the guests the option. You want to start with the uh, the couple listener questions we have, or do the trades first? Uh, let's go for the trades. I I exist in Trade Addict Seven, so I um, I'm familiar with trades. I don't see any trades at all, so <laughs> I want to be reminded what they look like. Yeah, you get the new experience for you. Um, <laughs> yes, Trade Addict. We were talking before the show. Trade Addict Seven never never trades. Get with um, it, guys. Come on. Jeez. <laughs> but we call yourself uh, addicts. 
<laughs> we, we have a decent handful of trades this week, though, from other leagues besides TA7. Uh, reminder, Trade Addicts Leagues are 12-team PPR Superflex, 1.75 tight end premium with .05 for return yards, except TA1. And we do have a couple TA1 trades. Uh, I don't know that anybody on this, these trades are returning kicks, so it doesn't really matter, but we do have TA1 trades. So uh, the first one we have here, I'll do, I'll do the, the, those, the smaller one first because it's, it's an Andrew trade, yes. uh, which is – and I think it's – I can't remember if it was on here or Junkies. I know we talked about uh, this guy recently. I think it was on Junkies. Yep. Uh, and I said about doing this exact thing. I, I think, I, think uh, I take credit for Andrew making this trade because uh, <laughs> I talked about it on our wide receiver show on Junkies. But uh, Tyler Lockett for 2024 second. Uh, I did uh, check. It looks like a mid-ish second, mid to late, uh, which I love that if you're trying to contend this year. I think you are in TA1. You're trying to, to – you're no, not. I'm, you're... I'm out. That's the thing. This is where oh, – the... you got the second. You got the second. I got the second. I'm and sorry. So okay. this, is, this is funny, actually. I'll, I think this is worth explaining. I got an offer for my Tyler Lockett on a non-contending, a rebuilding team. Like, my team has no quarterbacks. Like, Sam Darnold is my quarterback. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> And it's because I've traded it all the way. I've, I've traded to some first. Dufranis is turning his team around. Russ is now trying to turn his team around. So there's a whole bunch of competition going in. And my logic is that I'm out, right? Like I, I was kind of on the fence anyway. So I've got a couple of running backs. But yeah, and I, I got, think last year you tried to, to try tried to go in and just sort together, of yeah. limped into the playoffs and didn't do anything. And that's the worst place to be. So I got an offer for my Tyler Lockett for a 25 second. And I countered with the 24 second and he accepted. So I was like, I don't really mind the 25 second, but I'd prefer the 24 second. You know what I mean? Like, let me get a little more value, a little sooner trade. And so, I, you know, he accepted it. But I was exactly with what you said. Like, I was happy with that on a rebuild to get rid of Lockett. I think it's a very fair price. I think if you're contending, you only have to send a second for Lockett. I feel like that's pretty good either way. So it wasn't a crazy trade, but it was one I was happy to make as a rebuilding team just to get Lockett off my roster and add a second to my, my bag of tricks for next year. That's really all I'm looking to do. If you'd waited a few days, maybe you could have gotten a third or something added in there with the JSN. <laughs> I thought about it, but I was like, nah, this is fair. If he accepts it, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't mind nickel and diamond, but it's trade addicts. So who knows the, the picks will always be moving around anyway. Yeah, but this is the kind of move I love, especially with it. Be- we have a kind of a, a question about this later in the listener yeah. questions, but with it being uh, mid, well, late August, pretty much now where it's August 22nd, as we record this, uh, yeah, start getting points. And yeah. Andrew, you know, Andrew's on the other end of that, but but the guy make the other guy making the trade is uh trying to, you know, firm up his roster for the season here. And I think it's time to be doing that. And I loved trading for Lock. Even when JSM was there, I still think Lockett um, could have a decent season. Uh I think my only worry is Gino turns back into a pumpkin. But uh <laughs> but Peter, what do what do you think? What do you think? Is good good trade here for uh for both teams probably because Andrew's not trying to compete anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I hate it. I hate everything, man. No, um, <laughs> it's actually a kind of trade I, I want. I want to spend more time talking about because no one cares about it, and it's exactly what's really interesting in Dynasty right now. No one. Peter, is there anything like you don't want to cause... spend more time talking about? No. Um, <laughs> also, like you should hire me to do it, uh, but. <laughs> We all spend so much time talking about what idiots everyone else is for giving up on veterans. And Tyler Lockett's got more value, been more valuable than DK Metcalf three out of the last four years. But the thing is, with all of our content diet being constantly pummeled by people like me saying exactly that, that no one wants to make this kind of trade. So, like, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm not silly. I know Tyler Lockett is good. 
But the reason that we use such insufferably terrible terms like the market and average is there is just some things that are true. I had to do a similar thing in the Trade Addict 7 when trades did exist with Tyler Lockett. Like, I love Tyler Lockett. I've loved him more than everyone forever, except for his mom. Maybe his mom. She can at me. We, we can fight in the park, <laughs> parking lot about it. Since his rookie year, and even that, especially that second year when he got injured at the end of the first year, so everyone thought he was bad now. Like, I bought up all the Tyler Lockett, and I still don't regret it. And it was a really good move, one of my few. But you just got to accept at a certain point, like even in season when he's scoring points, no one's going to want to give more than a second for him. And if you're on a team that literally has no prospects, it doesn't matter that it's stupid or that everyone else is an idiot for not liking the, the old veterans who are the ones who scores points. You're just not going to get any more than that at any point. Now, the counterpoint of that is, well, the better trade is to add a second to Lockett and try to move up, try and get a first somewhere, try to get a better player somewhere, a player with more value upside, if not outright value right now. But again, we're all dynasty chads at this point who think we're smarter than everyone else because we all listen to the same 10 people. And we all know that. And so you try and go make those offers and everyone's like, no, I'm going to see how the season plays out. And you don't want to get in the comment section of a trade because there's nothing you can put in that trade bo- comment box that does not sound passive-aggressive or outright-aggressive. So there's no point explaining that if you wait until the season happens, either he's going to be worth more or less, and no, I won't right. do the same trade either way. So essentially what you're telling me is no, you won't trade for Tyler Lockett. So yeah, it's a fine trade, but it's a fine trade because I think the market gets stuck on these values. Like in teams where I'm competitive, I send picks out seconds for Michael Thomas and Tyler Lockett and Adam Thielen looking for these players and no one wants to trade them because they think they're relatively competitive and they don't want to be idiots. But the, that's the va- <laughs> it's not that's the value and it's a good thing. Therefore, anyone doing that trade is silly. It means that's the trade you should look for. If you're not a top five team, a top three team, you should probably just go looking for seconds with those players. And if you are, then one, don't get that decision wrong because most of us operate in that 70% zone where none of us are top five teams until we find out we are or we aren't um, by week 14. But it's a very solid trade. And again, I know that's a lot to say about a tire locket for a second trade, but I really think it's one of those psychological issues that um, Zach Reed and Leo talk about where we've worked ourselves into a point where we know these things are true but we can't understand the nuance of sometimes, yeah, you trade your good vet for a second because that's the best thing you can do for your dynasty team on average in most ranges of outcomes. And so, yeah, yeah, it it is very fine trade and also one that I find increasingly hard to find. You have to find two teams literally on polar opposite ends who are willing to do it when really the 70% of us should be willing to do something like that. And you're probably right because I definitely have teams like that where I probably – uh, probably should be moving on for entire locket, and I I refuse to believe that I'm not going to contend this year. And I hold oh, yeah. on I to mean, my Tyler Lockett. Is it too little? Yes. Are you ever going to get more? No. no. So why wait? <laughs> I mean, well, you, so yeah, why wait? <laughs> well, to that point, though, like let's say, for instance, there is a there is a chance that his value goes up potentially with this JSN news, right? Maybe JSN misses week one, Tyler Lockett balls out. Maybe you can get a first. The odds of that, let's say, I think in a perfect world, I think you're getting two seconds. I don't think you're ever getting Stop, stop. You didn't even let me finish a sentence, boys. No, we're not. We're not letting you finish a horrid thought. (laughs) Best case scenario (laughs) is 20%. If you're even like, that's a high number. Let's say it's 10%, right? 
I'd rather take the second now and not have to worry about it. That's exactly where my thought goes. Like, let's not play the roulette game. Let's just get out for a fair value and be done with it. So I totally That's a good point, too. At some point, is Dynasty is just a risk management yep. system saying, well, he might be worth more. Yeah, and he might be worth less, dude. Your, your team sucks. Maybe move on. Move on. Yes, it's too little, but that's that's the way you and I operate in drafts. When we do a startup yep. draft, we're not drafting Tyler Lockett where he should be because everyone else is stupid then why are you not doing it? Because we know this is a feature. Like, we want the upside of the young player. And that's just, yeah, it's not stupid or smart. It's just, if we can just get to recognize that, I can win more leagues. I'm just saying. So Amen. I'm out here trying try, yeah. try, try to help out. Even the men- we haven't even mentioned, I mean, as players get older, you know, hamstrings uh, become a little more shaky and things like that. I mean, he does that, and he's like, you know, dust or something worse than a hamstring. So... Oof. Uh, you're not even, even getting like, a second for him at that point for a 30-year-old wide receiver with a, a somewhat major injury. Yeah, you're just asking, will he have a career year? And no. I mean, Tyler Lockett's going to be great. He, he always is. He's going to be perfectly Tyler Lockett-like. But I don't think he's going to have his first top five season. That's the only room where you're like, oh, a competitive team will now easily trade a first. Unless they are the one person in your dynasty league who doesn't listen to at least one podcast that has told them not to do that repeatedly for the last 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds crazy. Okay, so we we definitely talked plenty about that. So let's get on to the other TA1 trade. I'm just warming up. Let's go on to this next one. I hate this one too. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Which amazingly is not Russ, uh, given one side of this trade. And it is actually, uh, the guy trading away Calvin Ridley in this trade, his team name is Ridley Truther. So, mm. uh, <laughs> but Cam Akers... Maybe means a different it, Ridley. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Cam Akers and a 25 first for Calvin Ridley. That is the trade, Peter. So you, you said you had some thoughts on this one. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the I think the trade's balanced. It's fair. Like again, most of our league mates are relatively good at this. We have to stop thinking we all have like a significant edge over everyone. I'm going to find the CMC for a single first, and no one else is. And it, it's relatively balanced. So it's about team. Uh, it's about your team situation. Are you competitive or not? If this was a trade I was breaking down for like a Rate My League podcast or from one of my leagues, the one thing that sticks out to me is the the spirit of this trade is spiteful in that both sides are trying to get points this year. Cam Akers is a this year bet. Ridley's a this year bet. And one team's saying, I'll get a first. So they think even at the worst, they're going to walk away with a first. That actually does give them the advantage um, because that's the side that's going to win more often. Like if, because in any negative range of outcomes for either of the other players, the team with the first also wins. Like, I'm fine. I got the first. I'm good. Even if it's two years out. I mean, they trade just the same. And so, but the other element I would say, if you're going in that direction, go all out in a trade. Like, go all up or all down is generally the philosophy. So why get Cam Akers? Why not try for uh, whatever rookie running back from the second round they had in their roster, if you know what I mean? They both have similar points per game ranges of outcomes, and their age difference is such that I think their value in Dynasty is about the same. If they both do pretty well, they'll both do pretty well. If they both suck, they both suck, and their points per game range and range of outcomes are the same so it's fine um and the first gives that's a better side but i mean if i would rather go all in on the value instead of just giving me cam acres give me a second give me a first and a second instead of also trying to maintain my points per game now i, I was going to say 
there is a whole middle ground here where you're a competitive team. Just you know, you're always trying to top up your value while staying competitive. So again, that's why that side of the trade's probably better. But I mean, it'll be fun to watch Calvin Ridley play if you need wide receivers. So there's a whole bunch of ways this could be very fair for both teams. Um, and I'm just throwing thoughts at it. There you go. I'm I'm with you there though. I mean, I, I, I that's generally the way it works, like you said, with the getting the first on top of a player who could be productive. To me though, I mean, this almost seems like close to a free Cam Akers. I mean, yeah. am I paying more yeah. than a twenty-five first for Ridley? Uh, maybe you could get a twenty-four. I I'm not even sure you could get a twenty-four first for Ridley. So I, I feel like you're getting a free Acres there. Even uh, you get in terms of value, and you can maybe. Even if you don't want to score points this year, you maybe you move Cam Akers for something else. Then uh, that's basically how I looked at it. Like I, I like Ridley, and I do think he's probably going to be the wide receiver one for Jacksonville. Um, but it's not like he doesn't have competition either. I mean, Christian Kirk is a pretty good player. Evan Ingram had a nice season last year, uh, so we'll see how that breaks down. For, and Ridley's been out of the league two years, so we we don't know how that's going to play out either. I mean, they might not just come right back in and be Calvin Ridley. So, uh, But, Andrew, anything you want to say on this before we finish up with this one? Well, the only piece I'll add, you guys had a, a lot of good points. The only piece I'll add is Ridley Truther held on to Ridley for a long time and finally sold him for what I think is a different <laughs> value. Like, this is – if you're holding Ridley that's fair. through all yeah. of this – like if you're a Ridley Truther, and, and maybe he, he paid, on, a, he might have paid a second for it. Just remember, you know, when he first got suspended, exactly. you were getting him cheap. Yeah, so you had to hold, and now you're you're getting to get out of that asset. You're getting you're getting rid of Ridley, and you're getting what I would think are either of these two options are probably pretty fair for Ridley, even three months ago. And you're getting both now as we get to the season that you found someone who is more truthing on Ridley than Ridley Truther was, which is pretty impressive. Well, I was going to say there's a Ridley Truther that turns up in the Dynasty Grind chat pretty it's often. The same guy. It's the same, same guy, person. Yeah. yeah, they know yeah. what they're doing. They're yep. pretty smart. Time. Again, well, yeah. They're, they're ultimately, though, that's what I'm saying. If, if you're getting to this point and you're trading away Ridley, you finally you found a good trade. This is the time to do it. And that's what you hold yeah. him for is for something like this. So I love it. I thought it was a great trade. And you can truth of someone that's not on your roster. I'm still right. out here you know, for life. <laughs> that's right. Still like David Johnson. I don't care. <laughs> you know, and, and my guess Lee, is the resurgent is coming. I swear. Right. You know, he's in this trade addicts league, and I think I'm in. I'm in a few other leagues with Ridley Truth there, and I'm pretty sure he has several other Ridley share. He's a guy like like me who's in a bunch of leagues, like a crazy yep. league. So. Yep. Uh, I'm sure well, he's fine. He still I, has probably 12 Ridley shares. Out I did want to add this. I did want to add this because I thought this was interesting. So there was actually, he did trade for Calvin Ridley this year. So uh, Outhouse, Russ, in February, right after the rollover, gave up Ridley and the 202 for Metcalf, the 312 and the 407. So like, that's a solid price to pay. You're giving up Metcalf for Ridley and the 202. You're obviously getting a third and a fourth. You're giving up Metcalf. Or Ridley in the 202, we can check who the 202 was, but I'm not too worried about it. But again, to think of it like if it was Metcalf for these two players, if it was Metcalf for Acres and if 25 first, that's still that's a little closer, but it still feels like the 25 first and, and Acres might be worth more. So that's just an interesting thing to, to toss in there. That was a trade from February where Ridley Truther acquired Ridley. So I just wanted to add that too. FYI, the 202 was Hendon Hooker. There you go. Oh, Terrifically yeah. done, Rocky. That's a professional <laughs> podcast for you, sir. That's well done. Uh, yeah, keep the TA leagues up here. So I was I was able to switch over. But uh, okay, we'll finish that. That finishes up our TA one trades. We got three TA two trades this week. Also, good job, so, guys. Uh, 
we'll do the minor one first. I threw it on here just because, uh, just just because. I'm sure Peter will talk about it for ten minutes. <laughs> but uh, Jamal well, Williams in a twenty and a twenty four third for a twenty four second. Uh, does this does Jamal Williams do anything for either of you two? With you know, with uh, Kamara's only suspended three games. Uh, Peter, Peter, you raised your hand there. You, you, you like Williams. Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams, I mean, the most I, fun I, player in the league. Prove me wrong. Prove, prove oh, me wrong, Rocky. He, Go on, he's he's, an, on, he's oh, an amazing guy, but he's not scoring seventeen touchdowns again this year. Doesn't have to. Um, yeah, touchdown regression is a bear, and players do typically, on average, regress to the mean, but they don't actually regress uh, in terms of points per game outcomes on average more often. Now, the problem with Williams is, like you say, keeping up that volume, especially in the red zone that he's really eating on. But we've, got, we've seen several years in Green Bay and now one year in Detroit where the guy can play and he gets a role and ekes out a significant smaller minor role in the rushing game at least. And so he's still got that in his range of outcomes for this season. And he's fun. And this is basically, you got him for less than a second. If you're looking for running backs like me, the reason I like someone like Jamal Rosen isn't just because he's clearly the most awesome person in the NFL ever. It's also because that's the type of play you can get for like less than a second that you can add on your roster and try to make up the fact that you don't have a clear starter every week. Um, and so, yeah, I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's not letting me on fire. <laughs> Kamara's got the better range of outcomes. I know what you mean. But again, for teams that need running backs, this is a very good deal on a player that can do that. And I don't think the touchdown regression scares me as much uh, as some as it might, um, based on that research I did for that podcast I want to listen to because it was all numbery. Um, because again, yeah, he's, he's going to regress. He needs to have volume, but he should at least maintain points per game, which was like 11. And we're not talking a, like a, a studly um, level here, but definitely usable. Um, and those guys, those guys were always fun in Dynasty for me, depending on how you build your team. Adrian, like any thoughts? I, well, I'll just kind of say what Peter said before. This is exactly the kind of trade you mentioned, Peter, like Williams in a third for a second, like using Williams to trade up around, right? The other fun thing is we don't know exactly which picks these are, but I'm going to kind of guess in a trade addicts league, they're not full rounds. So you might be giving up right. something like the 203 for the 310 and Williams. It might be the 210. For the 302 and Williams. Like we don't quite have that data here. I'll tell you what matters. The hit and miss rates between round two and three are significant, but still, you get that one Anthony uh, Antonio Gibson in the third, and you feel like, like you're the Giga Chad. You knew third round picks are better than second. You knew. Yeah. <laughs> Giga Chad. I love it. That's the title of the episode. I just, no, what I'm thinking I just, is. <laughs> No, I, I was going to let you in on a little secret here so people think you know how to speak the language of the youth. I spent 10 minutes a day forcing myself to watch like a TikTok or like some sort of YouTube video outside of my comfort zone. And I just steal the words. I don't even know if I'm using them right. But <laughs> to make it sound really youthful, it's really cool. Like I'm, I'm, uh, well, no one knows I, I'm over 30 years old. <laughs> I wanna, I'll finish my analysis of the trade with this. If you're no, telling me Jamal Williams I think we should talk more about TikTok. I remember why that Russ won't it's invite TikTok me. On. I just so went doing. Peter to start using more more uh, slang there than the, yeah. And I'll try to remember. Them. I'm telling you, no, I'm saying like if you were going to send Jamal Williams for a third, that's that's boring. Why not do Jamal Williams and a third for a second? That's less boring, right? Like the second's the best part of that trade. So I feel like that's still like that's exactly what you mentioned with that Tyler Lockett stuff. Like this is the kind of trade that is built for Dynasty, where it's like. 
Jamal Williams is fun. I love the player too. I do think he's going to score points. I think he's got some options for touchdowns. He could find his way into your flex more often than you want. And all you really had to give up was a second for him and a third. And you're only trading back. You're not really giving up a rookie even because some of those guys fall. So, I mean, it's almost, you can think of it like it's a free third in a way, like everyone want to look at it. So I think this is a little trade, but it's still something we should be doing a lot more of in Dynasty in my book. Yeah, I think you guys all said it pretty well. I mean, I'd probably lean a little towards the the second, but I, you know, if you're a competing team, that's a, that's perfectly fine by me. It it, it is what it is. Um, this next one's a little interesting to me. This yeah. uh, Derek Carr for Jordan Love, Rashid Shahid, and a twenty four third. So basically, Derek Carr for Jordan Love. Uh, Andrew, which side are you taking here? I mean, I hate to play that card, but if I'm rebuilding, I'd probably take the Jordan Love side just because I feel like he's a little younger, maybe he has a longer leash and all that. But if I'm contending, I want Derek Carr. I think Carr might have the same career length as Love, too. So it's not even that hard of a thing to stretch out and say, you want me to give up Rashid Shahid, who is an upside magnet, but has a zero four and a third who I don't care about. That's all I got to pay to get Carr. If I'm contending, that's a steal for me on Carr. So I totally see both sides of this. I just I worry that Love isn't the real deal. Um, that the Packers have gotten lucky two quarterbacks in a row and the third one just isn't possible, you know, like with Favre and then Rodgers is love the guy. We don't know that yet. Carr, I think, is definitely the guy. So I like the car side. I think that's a very fair price to give up. But I could see the logic if you're, you know, looking to rebuild or adding some assets that are maybe ascending instead of descending. I, I totally get the logic of getting out on car. I just I would have wanted more if I'm sending car for this. It's funny because I like this. I think it's very interesting trade because, like, I think we know what pretty much what Derek Carr is, and mm-hmm. he's sort of right in the middle of the quarterbacks here. Whereas Jordan Love has a, a, probably a much higher ceiling than Carr and a much lower floor than Carr. I, I think I, I think I take the variance here with Jordan Love and, and hope for the upside. Uh, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be like a, a top five QB or anything like that, but I think he could be better than Derek Carr. And I think there's a decent chance he's at least Derek Carr, like for this right. year. So I, I think I lean that side just because I think his average range of outcomes could probably be in the Derek Carr range, even though his floor is probably lower than Derek Carr. But Peter, what do you, what do you think? Split the, yeah. put the tie here. It just looks like a free Derek Carr to me. Like, love picking. Um, they just seem like players I want out of before anyone sees it. There's a whole range of QB outcomes where, yes, you're the starter, but you're barely startable as a second quarterback. And I think Jordan Love hits that range of quarterback outcomes more often in more versions of reality if we run the future forward 10 different times, nine out of 10 times. He's in that version. But that requires some evaluation. And to what you guys were saying, just in a vacuum, yes, the young player has more upside because if he's at least startable, then you've got more years left and therefore other teams value them a little bit more. But I think we have to do ourselves some kind of disservice when we think purely like that all the time. I think it's fairly reasonable to expect that in nine out of 10 outcomes here, Derek Carr is a solid. He's flooded with that range of outcomes at QB, but he's mostly been infinitely startable. Um, and and to uh, Andrew's point, you have at least as many years of him being that versus whatever love's going to be. And I think we have to take the negative view on love because youth itself, while it does work in the way you're suggesting, we have to provide some, we have to allow ourselves some level of evaluation on it. Otherwise, we're just literally making any bet that comes across where there's an age difference. 
Um, now, I could be wrong, and to your point, that's where that side would have upside. But I, I'm not going to just trade for youth in a uh, blind because I don't think being younger itself has value. It's one of the trade principles I've tried to come up with. Like being younger is gives you that access, but you have to be willing to provide evaluation to it or put your evaluation on the line for it. I don't do a lot of quarterback evaluation, but I do a lot of career year and breakout trends and how often things happen. It'd be incredibly rare for someone like Jordan Love to hit. And yes, that includes, well, look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I'll take the, he's less than Aaron Rodgers side of that bet. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. I'll just overcorrect as I have had to do before. But uh, yeah, yeah. Derek Carr, this is a, a free Derek Carr for me. Rashid Shahid and a third shouldn't carry trade value in most trades. Mm-hmm. They're just making a trade calculator to think it's even. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so uh, I, I guess it just sounds like you're very out on Jordan Love. So I, yeah, that, whereas, it's, it's a, I don't fair, know what to think of Jordan Love. Making. Basically, yeah. Well, you can also like, I'm not going to tell I'm you. I'm not thinking it bad. just. I don't even watch. Yeah. What ball do they use for this game? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a beach ball. I mean, I don't know the person. I'm rooting for him. I hope he's great. Like that would be phenomenal for me. I would be not, not be sad to see it happen. To be clear, I just think I've watched the guy, and I don't think he's good. Uh, just to be real clear, just in case anyone doesn't know how much of a nerd I am, I'm not saying he doesn't throw the ball well. I have no idea. (laughs) Well, I'm saying that there is a chance that Jordan Love becomes Derek Carr. It's kind of like that classic thing we always talk about in Dynasty trades. Like, man, do I want the box or do I want the boat? Well, I think I might take the box. It could be anything. It could even be a boat. It's that same joke we always do, and this is exactly that kind of trade to me. Like, Jordan Love might be as good as Derek Carr. Let me take it. Like, I tell you what, not to lean into the whole bit where I talk too much, but I think that's um, an interesting boat, maybe a boat comparison, because I'm not sure it applies. Um, What's well, a terrible like, boat? I think, Let's just be I, clear. Like. I think like, <laughs> we underrate the value of those terrible, like Derek Carr, in terms of an outcome from a rookie QB, like we've got three rookie QBs coming in this year, and I think it's reasonable mm-hmm. to establish what's good and what's bad. Derek Carr would be a phenomenal outcome from one of them. Now, obviously, we want better but we also have one of the most phenomenal quarterback markets we've literally ever seen in fantasy. Like this is the quarterback era. We've got five that would kick the snot out of most of Peyton Manning's career. You realize how rare that is? Like our quarterback seven right now is out kicking in terms of their value for fantasy and the quarterback two routinely throughout the rest of uh, fantasy football's history. So we're in a great quarterback era. Um, and so if one of them hits Derek Carr's range of outcomes, like I think that would be really great for CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or maybe even Anthony Richardson. I know it's a very different valuation because he, he runs and stuff. And, and the only reason I'm bringing it up because like I think it's really hard. And I think it's worth just be, because of how difficult we find it to get rookies. If we apply that to our other stuff, like it would be phenomenal. It would be really impressive for Jordan Love to be Derek Carr. Like it's not an easy thing for him to get to. So like Anthony, I'm I'm doing a similar logic with Anthony Richardson. Like if he does it, I would be amazed because it's really hard to be Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. How many have we seen try it despite being phenomenal athletes and good in college and well-drafted and not do it? It's not because they suck. It's because it's really rare. And, and Derek Carr relatively is rare. And I know <laughs> we're not used to thinking of it in that way, but like that's a really positive uh, range of outcomes for Jordan. So I'm not sure it's a boat, maybe a boat. It's a, it's a box and it might contain a luxury liner with all the trimmings. Like it's not a speedboat. Don't get me wrong. It's not the Titanic, but it's pretty upscale. Yeah. I like that. 
I like that too. Okay. And so also, let's... apparently, I do just like to talk. I'm not. Uh... I shut up a while. Uh, okay, so we'll get to our last uh, trade in TA2 here. Pretty pretty big one here, too. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Michael Pittman, and a 24-second for uh, Matthew Stafford and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, what do you think, Peter? Did you hear that one? Sorry, I you, you just come right back to me. I'm like, okay, I'll shut up a while. And then you're like, no, talk, talk more. Sure. Um, yeah, Stafford and Ayuk, and I'm not particularly sad. Like, again, the picket uh, uh, and the loves of the um, world right now, while I'm really rooting for them, like, I can't express how keenly I am. Like, I'm just a fan, like everyone else playing fantasy. We're just a fan of these guys. We want to see them succeed. I love players outperforming mine and everyone else's expectations. But I think we're in a great QB era. I don't think we should expect to see many great ranges of outcomes from quarterbacks at this point. Pickett was literally drafted as a bridge guy. No one was excited about him until they had to be. And that's what feels like's going on with Pickett. Whereas if you're looking for that upside range of outcomes this season, it's the vets. It, 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 it's maybe Stafford's back and he's healthy. And we know he has that range of outcome. Maybe Tannehill doesn't have a job next year, but he's definitely got a better range of outcomes than someone like Kenny Pickett, John Love. Again, just because it's so difficult to become a player like Tannehill or Stafford or Carr. They're actually relatively rare hits. And so this year, I'd rather get Stafford for a year and just gamble away the potential value of his youth because I don't think he's done anything particularly yet to prove he has that in his range of outcomes. So, and Ayuk for Pittman is basically even for me, and Ayuk's a little sexier for some reason in Dynasty because we all, you know, a lot of people spent those fourth round picks on him and they're really hoping that pays off um, from their startup. So he's a little easy to trade. Pittman's perfectly fine, though. I think they should be about even. And so you're just getting, uh, you're getting, I think, what the better bet is in Stafford over Pickett. You're getting Pittman and Ayuk as a fairly even trade. Uh, the Pickett side is getting a second, but again, since I don't think Pickett ever trades for more than Stafford does from this point forward, I, I'll give a second for that. See, this is just to make because I I sort of agree with you, and then I'd if I'm competing, I'd much rather have the Stafford and Ayuk side. I'm not. Uh, I like Pittman as a talent, but I don't love his situation this year. Uh, with a rookie quarterback, a rookie quarterback who likes to run, so the pass value might not be as – and they have, assuming Jonathan Taylor stays there, a very good running back, so the pass value might not be as high. Uh, but I do think the value is probably on the other side, and I do think Pickett has more value than Stafford. Maybe uh, – I'm not sure if you agree or not, Andrew, but that that's what kind of tips it to me is that I think – like I said, I almost would rather have the Stafford and Brandon Ayuk side if I'm a top three or four team, but I think the value is on the other side. I, I think Kenny Pickett, you can get a decent amount more than, than Stafford straight up. Like I think their values are a little uh, distant there for me, even though I know I'm with you, Peter. I, I'm not a Pickett fan, uh, and I, I don't see him – ever being as successful as a Stafford, even a 34-year-old this year Stafford. I don't see that happening uh, for Pickett. But I just think people, and maybe it's incorrect that they're doing this, but because he is young, he's got significantly more value than Stafford, even though he's not particularly good, at least as far as we know yet. 
So, well, well, that is I'll the thing, though. If you watch or you look at his stats and you find a reason to believe, they, then you should be on that side. I'm saying that I, I, I did the stats that I do, and I didn't come to that conclusion. But, again, if you want to st- stump up for Pickett's potential, that's where this trade looks like a win for that side. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and I, I to be clear, I am not that high on Pickett's potential, but I just think but that th- somebody else will be. And again, the reason I frame everything this way is because I found the best way for me to get better in Dynasty is to not let myself wriggle out the decisions I make. So, like, if you make this trade, let's bet you're making. So later on, when you look back, like, what went wrong? You made this bet on Pickett. What did I get wrong in that evaluation? Don't wiggle out because there was value in youth. You have to be able to, you know, own the evaluation that you should be better. Not so that I can say, ha-ha. But the, so next time you'll be like, okay, so what did I get wrong in Pickett's evaluation? Maybe I adjust that in my process. That's the whole reason I frame it that way. I don't care I would, about getting it right or wrong. I just want to get it more right more often in the future. That's it. <laughs> I would love to analyze this trade if I could. Uh, here, here's what I'm thinking. Pickett is definitely worth more than Stafford. He's ranked higher in ECR and Dynasty rankings on Fantasy Pros. He's worth more on DTC. He's worth more on DLF. Pickett is worth more than Stafford. As much as you don't want to agree with that, the community at large believes Pickett is worth more. I agree with that, but again, just putting it out there. Pittman and Ayuk, again, in the calculators, Pittman is worth more than Ayuk on both DTC and DLF, and by a pretty substantial amount on one and not the other. I'm not going to get into it. But on uh, ECR, on Fantasy Pros, they're back-to-back 23 and 24 in Dynasty, with Ayuk being higher. So that one's like, eh, pretty close. Like you said, Peter, I agree. They were pretty close. But if you're going to say Pickett is more than Stafford, Pittman is more than Ayuk, and I get a second, that's a smash except to me, that's like a no-brainer. Of course I'm taking Pickett. You don't even have to love Stafford. He doesn't have any weapons outside of Cup. I'm just worried as hell about that offense, his elbow, and if he's going to play next season. Have you not I, I heard the hype on Puka Nakua, Andrew? I don't care. Here's <laughs> what I'm saying. like None of that matters in, this, in the sense of fantasy points. Pickett, I think, has a much better chance to a top 10 QB than Stafford does. And even if you're just counting that upside, he make, makes him a better quarterback. I think his upside is higher. I think his floor is higher because he's got more options. And they did a little bit more with their defense or their offensive line. I'm sorry. They got more with Harris than Akers. Like every every surrounding cast member of Pickett is better than Stafford's except for Cup maybe. And that's about all he's got. So I'm just looking at this like you guys are kidding me with this, like being even. Like, no, no this is Pickett by a mile for me. So I, <laughs> I love the dialogue. But, no, it's easily Pickett's side. Well, it's not dialogue, though. You switched in the middle there, by the way. You went from value to better chance of top 10, which is not I, about value. You're literally – and that's what you should do. You should stump up for his potential for what he can do. So no, I'm saying says, the value for right now – I know I'm saying the value for right now makes this yeah, a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. And then also his upside makes this a no-brainer. I didn't switch. I'm just using two different arguments. To no, I, no, I was pointing awesome. out. What I'm pointing out is you said that the value is higher, which is fine. I can, my point on that would be if his value is higher, so you're trading for the value, you've got to use that value before the point season gets here if it's just about the value bet. And that's fine. I'm not a strong trader. I don't really trade with that in mind because I don't, I live in Trader X7, man. I don't get many of those opportunities. <laughs> but then you went on to, he has a better chance of being a top 10 quarterback. And I'd like to point out everything I know about where top 10 quarterbacks come from says the exact opposite. So that's a, that's why I said that's a switch. Because the value is one thing. But I don't know what about Pickett's ability, proven stats, even draft capital or career year suggests he has more likely range of outcomes in the top 10. And that's the part I was saying you really need I'll be, to be I'll be in. glad to get into that. So he's got, uh, yeah. like I said, he's got a better line. He's got better weapons. And I think he's in a better offensive scheme that's built around him. I agree with you that he hasn't done it yet. 
And I mean, I'll be honest mm. too, like there's a lot of players that haven't done it yet. And I'm saying, again, as an upside, as a top 10, that's a bold pick. I'm not saying like that's going to happen. That's no, no, the that same fine. thing we talked about before, like a 10% chance. I just think it's a 10% chance for Pickett and it's a 3% chance for Stafford. We're nitpicking on the three- nits here. I don't, I think that's where I live. It's like number of times a thing happens. Like that, I, I tried to be. Do you think positive. Stafford has a better chance to be a top ten quarterback than Pickett? Based based on how I evaluate that they come from, yeah, because he's okay. done it before. He's done it repeatedly. He's relatively rarely missed that when healthy. Whereas Pickett is you're he looking healthy? At a, well, yeah, that's the question. And I don't know. I, I don't I'm, I'm evaluating that. that as part of my answer here. If they're both healthy, then yeah, I'm with you on Stafford, but I don't think Stafford's okay. healthy. So you think there's a 3% or less chance he's healthy? Because sure. I can't argue against I, that. I again, we're that. literally I, I all would, vibes here. Yeah. This is all vibes, as I could say. Yeah. His doctor. <laughs> so that definitely doesn't improve Pickett's 10% chance. And I, I, I would, I guess I'm betting that he starts more than 10 games this year. And if he does, then that's that, that he has a better range of outcomes. I, I we shall see. Try not to dabble in the doctoring. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you too. But uh, I love the back and forth. There's a, there's yeah. a discussion there. Um, Need more okay. Of that. So our next trade comes from TA4. Oof. Uh, Man. Yeah, this one's odd. <laughs> this this one hurt. Is it I meant to draft them this year? Can I do it now? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm sorry, sorry, like we're ahead that. of ourselves. Go ahead, explain the trade first, Raggy. The trade is a 2024 first and third for Devin A. Chain and Tank Dell. I'll, I'll let you start on this one, Andrew. Well, yeah, like kind of what Peter said, this this just I don't know, this makes me think that somebody picked Devin A. Chain. And Tank Dell, and they were like, "No, nah, I got that wrong. Let me try again next year." Yeah, right. At the same time, like, or the other way around. Yeah, or, or the other guy with the first and the third is like totally buying into all of the hype around H Chain and Tank Dell, and it's just like eating up all of this propaganda. And it's like, you know what? I'm willing to, to sell my future for that. It just feels like a very odd trade to me. Like, if Devin H Chain was a first round pick, which we're not even sure he was in this league, uh, there's a chance he might not have been. He might have been in the second round. I know he went in the second in some super flex leagues. I saw. And Tank Dell was almost definitely a second. You're trading two seconds for a first and a third. But it's, again, that, like, you're trading two players for future picks that might become players again. Like, I don't know. This one I did not get. I'd much rather have the first and third, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't usually like to buy into running backs. I don't usually like to buy into flash receivers. I don't usually like to buy into preseason propaganda. Like, for me, the value and everything just feels like the, the 24 first could be worth so much more than these two combined. And I get a free third. So that's that's where my head goes on this. And, again, it's all vibes, baby. This is there's no stats on picks. There's no stats on rookies. Like we can't look at anything historical. It just feels like the first and third is a better side to me. What do you think, Peter? Um, yeah, I think Devin A. Chain was very late in some leagues. Um, first, especially in a non superflex, but yep. trade out is a superflex, so he probably yep. was a borderline more early second. It to me, what I saw as a player who wanted to draft A. Chain in right. the late first and Tank Dell in the third. I didn't get it, and so now he's just trading the future picks for it. And, and to your point, because they're future picks, they may well not be late first or right. late we don't second. Know. Yeah. And so, yeah, it pushes it in that direction. But because I was evaluating A-Chain as around a late first, and Tank Dell, I, I like him mid-second, like after the running backs, Josh Downs was gone. I was starting to be interested in a Tank Dell in the mid to late second, I guess. So I think it's fine. But I think the main point here would be someone's listening to the preseason hype, and that isn't why you should like a player. Right. And also, yeah, because 
it's very unlikely they're the exact same picks. <laughs> so they probably move up a little bit. And it probably edges towards that side and maybe do a better job trying to trade in your draft, not after your draft, <laughs> you know? And yeah, trading four rookies before the season starts always seems to be very bad. Like do it during move. the draft yeah. or around the draft. Because like, I really want Jason and Addison, but there's almost nothing you can approach a team with that isn't one right. just insulting. Like, would you give me him back? I'm giving you nothing extra, so just give him to me instead. Yeah. <laughs> or you're overpaying. So, yeah, it tends to be a bad move. And I, I kind of like both players. I would like Tank down on the third. A-Chain, possibly late first, maybe early second, but it's fine. Um, but, yeah, that's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm with yeah. what you said there. Uh, I would I would be on the pick side here. I'd, I'd, yeah, I would rather just take the picks. And like you said, it'll probably be, Higher than the range A-Chain was going this year. Just just the odds are because he was going late first. So uh, I'm with you too, I think. So uh, our last trade is uh, TA5. Another uh, kind of big one here. Jordan Ooh. Addison, Marvin Mims, who uh, Ryan McDowell had mentioned last week. He, he's a big Marvin Mims fan. Uh, 24-second for Kyle Pitts. It makes sense that Ryan's involved in this one because this is one that made me squeam and squirm <laughs> and like I don't oh, I don't I don't know I don't like I don't like being here uh, and good <laughs> oh, no, really good going, dynasty you know, player is going to put you in that situation <laughs> you know he's like no nope. <laughs> I know you have to figure it out ah uh, fuck Ryan jeez sorry didn't mean to swear I know which side you going where where you where you yeah, which side you like I, I want Jordan Addison. I want Jordan Addison more than anything. I think Mims is a really interesting ad. In that Tank Dell, Rashi Rice, and uh, Josh Downs, and then you've got Tank Dell after that little group of wide receivers. Um, I, I think they're interesting. And a second, yeah, we love adding seconds to trade, so they're always trade chips, right? But Kyle Pitts has that, like if he can not just be a good tight end, but make people feel like he's a good tight end this year, and he's doing a little touchdown regression. He's one of the few players with like the ultimate dynasty upside. We've got Jefferson, we've got Chase, we've got Patrick Mahomes, we've got Josh Allen, probably Jalen Hurts now. Those players, no one is worth more than. They're the elite in dynasty. But if you were going to bet on who could enter that category this year, I can really only see very two very easy names to get in there. And Kelsey would be there, by the way, but everyone hates age. He's valued there, but we all squirm at his age. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, Bajon Robinson and Kyle Pitts have, like, you could see it, right? All they have to do is actually pay off this year, and bam, immediately into that tier. And that's a hell of a range of outcomes to give up. But, yeah, I'm doing that for Addison, because I actually think Addison at least has that second tier, like, locked. I expect him to be in the C.D. Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Chris Ola. I expect him to be there this time next year. Like, I'm, I'm really, you know, all in on Jordan Addison, because I... I, I take my risk in rookies. So Addison, JSN, if they go wrong, like Tank Dell did, no, no, sorry, like uh, Traylon Burks did last year, I eat it. I'm the one that eats that bullet, but I am going to try and put that gun in my mouth. So yeah, uh, give me Jordan Addison and let's see if it's a uh, live fire or not. It totally makes sense then that you would be on that side. I, I just, I don't, 
and and you probably know far better than me on the rookies, Peter. So you're probably right, but I just don't have the confidence. No, 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 no. The reason I take my risk with rookies is because literally no one knows. Don't never let yourself <laughs> think. Don't be like, well, he probably knows. No, that's that's one of the tricks you learn from Ryan. You watch Ryan long enough, and you're like, oh, no one has a clue, right? <laughs> like we're all equal here. We all have, uh, you know, Corey Davis. Uh, or Nikhil Harry in our past, and we just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just not willing to take that 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 Garrett Wilson, uh, C.D. Lamb bet on Jordan. That not that I don't like Jordan Addison, uh, but I just I can definitely see more wide receiver two ish in his range of outcomes. Um, and like you said, it's basically the the bet on Kyle Pitts that eventually. I mean, he's still only what 22, 23, something like that. Uh, so the only thing that makes me squeamish, and I hate to keep, I really do hate talking about, um, like all of those tight ends, Gronk and Kelsey. That's basically it. But also Graham and and, and Antonio Gates in a little it's... while, in a little way. Like they're all weird. <laughs> like I don't not mean, don't mean to put a too broad a point at it, but we kind of expected Kelsey, and then we were disappointed, and then he was injured, and then oh no, that thing we expected happened. Like. The fact that it should happen for Pitts makes me nervous, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like, the fact there's no real reason it shouldn't. It's like, oh, no, Gronk is kind of out of nowhere, and so is Graham. And, uh, like, that's the part that makes Ingram? me nervous. Yeah. Pitts. It feels too yeah. Jordan Reed. Like, everything's set up. It's perfect. He just has to do what he does, and then it goes, like, something weird happens. <laughs> Yeah, Pitt's biggest problem to me is Arthur Smith. But uh, no, yeah, all, all that. Let's blame coaches. I'm all about it. Let's go. <laughs> Fallacy of rational coaching. Yeah, and I'll just I'll just add my two cents on the top of this delicious pie you guys have. Uh, I, I I like the Pitt side, but I can tell you this much: if I have Pitts and I get that offer in my box, I'm seriously considering it because I'm kind of with you, Peter. Like I really like Jordan Addison this year. You're kind of giving yourself another out with Marvin Nunes and the second. Like, you're kind of splitting pits up. Maybe he falls off that cliff. On the other side, if I have Addison Nunes in the second and I get that for pits, I'm seriously considering that too. Like, man, like, what am I, the tight yeah. ends? Like, it's a very straight-up even trade in my book. Uh, if, if You know, in a vacuum and, like, saying I have to pick a side, I probably go the Addison side because there's more outs. There's more ways for that to increase in value. But, man, I, I want pits to be a thing. So I'm kind of with you guys on that too where it's like, it should be pits, but I get why it's not. There's some risk in pits right now, and, and we don't like that. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really sharp trade because both yeah. sides can win is the other thing. Like, that's right. the thing I like about this trade versus the others. Like, there's a clear we both have passive victory here, and that's a sign of a good trade too, I think. Yep. And just real quick, Peter, I'm curious um, what your thoughts are on Mims because I know some people seem to be really, like, high on him at this point. Uh, I'm just curious where you're at with Mims and then what you thought of him coming out. Um, I'll tell you what, I've tried to get less uh, hyperbolic because I, I love making bets on low, that second tier of prospect wide receivers because over the last few years, we've actually been remarkably unlucky with them, frankly. The Jalen Talbot's of the world, the David Bells, they haven't been hitting and they at least hit occasionally a little bit and that was always part of the upside I saw in Dynasty. Last five years, we literally... Apart from Donald Mooney, that's basically the best we've had. And even he wasn't uh, terribly unexpected, by tape grinders at least. Um, right. But, yeah, I do love, uh, how should we say, looking at that tier, that level of upside based on likelihood kind of uh, wide receiver. Right now, and I'm looking up as I speak, and I'm not vamping at all because I can't remember, 
I do like my uh, again. It's a ref. They're, they're clear tears in this rookie class to me, and I just like I, I'm happy being here, and I like all three. It's hard to separate them out once I get them into their tears. But you've got JSN, you've got Addison. After that, I think Quinton Johnson kind of lives a little bit by himself, but he's right next to Jay Flowers. <clears throat> Sorry, I've gone for the wrong one. But uh, as far as outright ranks, how do I have it? Let's see. Uh, I've got it. Josh Downs in a separate tier by himself, kind of, but really is at the head of a tier with uh, Josh Downs, Rashi Rice, then Marvin Mims. Uh, I didn't come out as heavy on his profile. And the reason I'm checking is because Marvin Mims is specifically, I think, one of those players that Zach Reed uh, from the Dynasty Dynamics and the Dynasty Grind that highlighted <laughs> consistently this offseason. And that's a Donald Mooney thing. Like, you. Someone who has a solid tape process just hasn't, like, that's not information I have <laughs> available. And he's like, no, he's got a skill set that should be u- able to utilize in Denver, isn't it? That's where Mims is. Yes. And that's really interesting because I'm really tired of the Jerry Judy's great. Technically, if you look at the performance stats, I just want points, bro. And <laughs> like, like last year was top 24 and that was nice. But after four years of waiting or whatever it's been, I'm kind of interested in the new hotness. So I like, I, I like I ends a lot in that fashion. You know, you know, they don't pay off a lot, but we're kind of due at least one at some point because we haven't had any lately. And, um, and yeah, he's got solid all around production stats in college, decent draft capital landing spots. Interesting. What's not to like outside of Josh Downs was just better. Than most of those. Most of those features. Okay, so we'll. Uh, I'll keep going. You want me to keep going? Okay, so the thing about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull up my rookie profile in a minute. <laughs> uh, well, I was just going to go into our listener questions, if that's okay, Peter. Um, no, no, I've got a few more minutes. Um, let's see. <laughs> I really didn't know I was so loquacious tonight. I was like, I'll just go on. I'll, I'll be a body for them. And then I got in here. I'm like, oh, look, it's Andrew. I'm going to argue. And there's Rocky. And I love it. Keep on talking. <laughs> this is how we do it, Peter. For the content. Yes. Uh, so we got two questions here tonight, uh, both, for, both from regular uh, regular uh, Twitter responders to our to our our tweet that we send every week for questions. So I'd love, I love to hear from them. Uh, FF Tommy B. Uh, is it time to get lineups in order finally? What do you have left to do as a dynasty manager before the season starts? Uh, I, I think it's definitely time to get lineups in order. We're, we're, we're what, two and a half weeks away, three weeks away from the season at this point? Yeah. Uh, so this is the out, He's responding to the outhouse line of you don't have to worry about your starting lineup. In yep. Oh, right. I know. But, uh, I to me, once August hits, I, I think you're okay starting to worry about your points. And your, I mean, your yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. And, and we're well into August. So I think that one's a pretty easy one to answer. But uh, what do you have left to do as a dynasty manager before the season starts, Peter? I'm going to plug Talk my YouTube tomorrow. video. Not really, but <laughs> I am making a series of videos. And one of them that I've already put out is uh, team evaluation. It's essentially doing this, looking at your roster, deciding where you're at, what moves you think you need to prioritize moving forward. Um, And so that's what I'm doing. I'm evaluating the team, seeing what's missing from the direction the team needs to go in, and I'm going to go explore those. Again, in all those videos I make very plain, most moves don't happen. Like, you explore them all you want, but most dynasty managers are like, no, I'm keeping target. No, I don't want to give my second. But that is where I'm going. I'm going to see where my team's at, at the end of the offseason, after all my crazy, crazy trades, 
And, and what's missing? Like, I'm one competitive team. I think I need more has-beens. I just don't have enough Adam Thielens of the world. So it's time to start looking at those rosters and saying, hey, would you like a second? And they'll say no, and I'll move on. But that that's a process. There's literally um, there's, there's, there's a little... Uh, can we edit that bit out where I forgot my words? Yeah, <laughs> I evaluate my roster and try to make those final movements. Because on other teams, like the Trade Addict 7, I just suck. And so I remain in the same mode even now. It's like, <laughs> it won't give yeah. me value? No? Okay. And then I just go about my day. <laughs> so there's little to do it. There's little to change on those rosters. <laughs> I've been doing the right. same thing all offseason. But it is worth, and to Tommy's point, giving your team that once-over, like you haven't looked at it in a couple of weeks. It's been a while. Oh, man, I, I forgot I even had that guy on my roster. Just to remind yourself, and look over the rest of the league, see where they're at, trying to identify teams that are, you think are competitive, that you think should be building. They might not feel the same, but keep an eye on them. And for, for again, the moves that you evaluate your team should be trying to prioritize. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty much with you there. I Especially if you're a competing team, uh, yeah, now's the time to definitely to start be adding points. Uh, we always talk about during the non-point scoring season, you know, you don't you don't have to start a lineup. It doesn't matter who your RB2 is. Now you can start worrying about who your RB2 is if you have to start two, RB, two running backs, uh, things like that. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. And like, like Peter said, there's definitely teams I have as well where – it's still just about value because your team is crap. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, and that's what I started to say. Like this time of year, you're trying to sell the could be's for the has bins. And um, mm. that's kind of where, like, on and values value. There's two different types and all that nonsense. But even on my bad teams, I'm more interested in switching that. Like you were saying, Tank Dell, I really liked him as a rookie evaluation. He's starting to accrue more value. Like, what can I do to get a player that's more likely to score points? who will trade more easily in season to the teams that are competitive. So even on building teams, that's has-beens are a little bit more interesting as the switchover happens here. So you're trying to sell those could-bes with all that nice, juicy preseason hype. And, and I will say, I, I do think now, or especially in a few weeks even, like when the points actually start coming in, can be a good time to start. If you still have some points scoring guys on your roster, start uh, really fast forwarding that rebuild. Like I have a rebuilding team, right? The one Oh one couldn't trade it for what I wanted. And I have Bijan on my roster. Mm. I will probably be looking to trade him in September. If he, if he starts off the way we think he might start off. Whereas I, I, I'd, I'd rather do it then, then, uh, un, and I guess take the risk that he somehow doesn't perform as well as we think, um, then do it. During That's a really the good point. Today after um, drafting him. Yes. I didn't even think about that. Like, you should also be looking um, where the players you want to target in a few weeks are. Like, four weeks in, you should start going for the rookies that you like who haven't done much, for example, because they're still very much in the we-don't-know-yet phase, yet people get disappointed. I think that's a really good point, Rocky. Uh, Andrew, any any other thoughts on on what we should be doing here before the season starts? Maybe put more of a of a specific answer is I try to set my lineups. This is the first time I actually go and look at lineups. I go into MFL. I do like that. I do that too, yeah. And I just set a lineup and I'm like, how do I feel about that lineup? Do I feel kind of weak at my flex? Like it says I can start three running backs, but I really only have two I like. You know, it's like maybe I need to go out and acquire another one and try to send a second for two running backs that are, you know, RB 30 and below, right? Something like that. Um, I do like to do this, especially in leagues where I'm contending, where I feel like I need to, I really need to get wins, where I feel like it matters more. If I'm rebuilding, I don't really care as much. Like if I'm rebuilding, I'm just like, eh, what, what if I win, if I lose, great. You know what I mean? Like I'm not really, I don't really care about points, you know, so, I really only do that in the ones where I feel like I'm 
I'm really on that spot this year. But I do like doing that as an exercise this time of year, and I've done it already in a few leagues. It can kind of get in the head of the opponent too, to just be like, "Hey, I've already set my lineup. I'm ready for you." You know, <laughs> mind game is kind of fun. You get that NFL email always mind games. Start. That's the secret. Like, oh, sauce. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. So like, I know in some of the trade addicts leagues, that's already happened, and I'm just like, "Oh hell yeah! All right, so let's do it." Um, and other yeah, than set that, your I week think, one lineup like two weeks in advance, but then <clears throat> yeah. never set any other lineup till five minutes before kickoff. Exactly. You gotta get in there. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> every little bit. Every little bit helps. The other thing I was gonna say is uh, that I kind of. I mean, again, I, I do this all year round, but I think if if you go with the mindset of you, you trade for value and kind of like try to keep value in your mind on every trade, you shouldn't have a lot of work to do. Um, I feel like a lot of times people are, are sending players, like we always talk about, like not acquiring running backs and all this. You know, now's the time to maybe throw some of that stuff out the window and be okay to acquire a running back, right? Because you need it for starting lineups. But I feel like as, as long as you're doing the right process throughout the year, you shouldn't have a ton to do right now. Other than, like I just said before, like set that lineup, see what you feel like, you know, those little things. But really, for the most part, you shouldn't be like, well, now it's time to get back into it. No, you should have been into it this whole time, right? Like you shouldn't have to like start working and looking at research and like finding out values. You you should know that. So it's there really, no it should be. Season, they say. Exactly, right? And so that's what I'm saying. Like it, it should be a pretty easy adjustment, but that's pretty much where I come from is that it's not a lot different, but it is different. Yeah. I think well, that I setting see- the lineup thing is gold, by the way. I need the visual. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah, get a good see, mix agree, of my team yeah. until I see it condense. I'm like, oh, it sucks. Great. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, crap. I'm way different than I <laughs> yeah, thought I was. Yeah, yeah. I'm way further well, behind than I There's injuries. There's trades. There's all this stuff. So, like, in March, you think you're good. And then all that stuff happens, and you don't really think about it again because we tell you not to. So now's the time to go think about it again. <laughs> I will say, though, just to, I liked a lot of what you said, Andrew, especially the lineup thing. But I will say, if you are doing it, like, all off season, or I'm sorry, non-point scoring season. We say right. uh, <laughs> that I could see having some work to do here because in in that instance, you're probably not trading for running backs a lot if you're going for the value uh, during yeah. the non-point scoring season. So you might need to do some work uh, if you want to have. I mean, some people like to play that, you know, like to play the zero RB thing here, RB thing. So maybe you don't need to, but sure. if, if to you, you. want to have like two running backs that you know, if, if you start two running backs. Uh, now's the time to start maybe converting some of that value into to point scores where maybe you weren't doing that uh, during during the non-point scoring season. It's uh, been a weird off-season, though, because like, um, I ended up with Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson on a few competitive teams because like everyone was like, oh, sell Bijan Robinson. Everyone's trading him for crazy. So like I got Bijan. And Brees Hall's injury has uh, done stuff to his value. Aaron Rodgers yeah. has fallen onto my rosters. Maybe not accidentally. Um, and so, like, I'm actually looking at a lot of my teams like, oh, shit, I got to go compete. <laughs> I didn't really realize. <laughs> okay, so our last, uh, I guess, group of uh, questions here comes from uh, Ascending Descent. We just say his Twitter name because his handle doesn't actually spell a word. Um, so um, what's a fair, speaking of Bijan Robinson, what's a fair price for Bijan? Who would you tear down? From a first uh, for Bijan, uh, I guess from Bijan, would you cheer down for a first? Uh, he says Brees, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he says JTT. We're talking about Jonathan Taylor Thomas here. I'm, I'm curious, yeah, but uh, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> uh, but he's, I think he means Jonathan Taylor. Uh, are you guys doing that? Uh, you going? And the uh, question was worded in a way that made me think he was saying Bijan Robinson is below them, and I don't know which. I think but he meant would you trade Bijan for these guys in a first? Like, who would you tear down from Bijan for with the first on top? 
I think that's I, fine. Value's value, to Andrew's point. Like, you should always be considering that. Can I get Eckler on a first? That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. But I think Benjamin Robinson is a dynasty running back one, and I think by week three, everyone will be like, oh, I remember how good that used to feel when running backs were just, like, doing stuff and were also young. And I think there's still room for his value to grow. So, honestly, no. I would be more likely to go the opposite way. I'm really betting on uh, the Bajon Robinson uh, maybe live ammo thing too. Like I'm, I don't see a reason he's not great. I'm kind of with you there. Like when I saw this question, my first thought that popped into my head was no one. <laughs> like I, I don't know <laughs> that I want to just go with the first plus another running back for Bijan. Like I, I feel like he's going to be like he's CMC. Gonna, yeah, if you give CMC, me CMC, sure, yeah. and maybe Barkley. Yeah, but I mean, and I think he he has the potential to have that kind of CMC value that he had like three years, you know, where he was ridiculous. He couldn't trade for Christian McCaffrey. Right. Uh, So, Andrew, is is there, I I kind of agree with that. Maybe CMC or Barkley are the only two I would think about. I don't even think I would do Taylor or Breeze. But what about you, Andrew? Well, I mean, again, I I think the, the odd part of this, if I'm being honest, is that it's almost like even... Even if you're saying Barkley is the running back two or CMC is the running back two or Brees is the running back two, it's a whole first between running back one and running back two. That's crazyville. Like it's never been that big of a gap and it's there for a reason. I want Bijan. I don't think I want to trade down. Unless you're getting two firsts in ETN or like two, like 24 first to 25 first and Josh Jacobs, like some balls to the wall trade where you feel like, hey, I, I can take the points and still, you know, have some options for the future. But I mean, again, if fair value is one first to any running back, at least one first, I want more than that to do it. Like you're going to prime for my cold dead hands. I mean, again, if I got the one one and I was the worst team, like you said, Rocky, and I'm looking to like rebuild and I'm still not ready. I would hold on. I don't think there's any reason to move him right now. I would just wait. Let's see if JTT holds out and like, see if he gets traded or like, let's see if maybe Brees doesn't come back healthy or Dalvin cook eats into his workload. Like that price might go down for both of those guys where you get Brees a first and a second or Brees a first and I don't know, like uh, like Wandale Robinson or somebody that you like, you know, like something like that you can add to the trade to make it better. So I don't see a reason to move it right now. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, wait till September for that. I completely agree. And again, if you're looking to trade down, that would be the only reason to do that. If you're contending, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't trade down, keep the best asset. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know that, that logic. point especially with running backs, just a trade etiquette note. Like it's not <clears throat> Ghostbusters. You do cross the streams, like cross positions in <laughs> trades, guys. Yes. It's just the number one rule. Like if you want Bajoran Robinson, start with a wide receiver and build from there or a tight yep. end or a quarterback or anything else. And and that adds to your, if you're trying to be competitive, why trade running backs? That's not, that's not, not, not the way as it were. Right. This is not, we, we are the, uh, you know, I can't remember the damn name now. Got a little baby Yoda. Yeah. This is a way. I don't know. You get it. You get it. You get it. We get it. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next part of his question was if if Jonathan Taylor is gone, who do we want in Indy? Nobody? That was my. Well, everyone's going to run to Evan Hall. So hopefully (laughs) you did that because you should be drafting running backs in the third round pretty much constantly uh, and fourth round and maybe even second round most of the time. But. since that's happened already, Evan Hall's going to be the guy everyone runs to, which is making Zach, Roth, uh, Zach Moss a little more interesting, just because no, he, he might be the one to get at a fairer value. But, I mean, probably no one is the right answer. 
But both yeah. are interesting I mean, somewhat if volume came their way. I think Evan Hall was an interesting rookie prospect. Not fantastic, uh, but great from a deeper conference. And Zach Moss, like Singletary, you know, in spurts in Buffalo, he showed he could do some things that were pretty cool. Sorry. I'll say it this way and just say Deion Jackson, just like the cheapest option is who I want because they're all potential. And I think Evan Hall is the one that's probably the most expensive. I want the dirt cheap dollar store option then at this point because they might still score points and be worth more than a third or whatever, more than a waiver wire pickup if he's still and on waivers. You know, so like I just want the cheapest. A little something last year too. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's again, it's just you're, you're looking for some sort of upside. I don't know. The cheapest one is the biggest potential upside, so that's who I want. Lowest risk. It's free. Right. He also says, I believe fewer trades this year is a direct result of fewer outhouse challenges. He may be right about that. Maybe. Uh, I feel like neither Russ nor I have, have done as many this uh, non-point scoring season. And yeah, then he finishes true. up with, if you had a go-to karaoke song, what would it be? I don't I don't really do karaoke. I'm going to answer first real quick. I, I don't really do karaoke, but if I did... Uh, one of my, I, I'm old as we all know, and one of my favorite songs from the '90s is uh, "Semi Charmed uh, Life" by Third Eye Blind, and I feel like that's a song, especially if you're drunk, you could just sort of scream a lot of it. I, I wouldn't be able to hit the high notes, but uh, I know all the words, and I think I could, uh, I could kind of just like uh, make it work. So that that would be mine. I like that answer. Uh, I'll I'll go next and let Peter ramble on about thirty songs that we've never heard of, and I'm excited. Cool, for cool, that. cool, cool. I'm but, ready. Uh, I got my notes. I figured line. this is what you've been waiting for all I'm show. Waiting for I this mean, moment. This really is my moment. Karaoke the whole time. Like I've been waiting for this question for ten years. <laughs> Finally, well, I'll be quick, and I'll just say if if it's with uh, a bunch of friends and a bunch of people that I know, then I'd probably do "Hook" by uh, Blues Traveler, just because I love that song. It's got a good vibe. It's got a good rap part. It's like you get in and out. <laughs> but if I'm at a bar where I don't know anybody and I'm just looking to like have a fun karaoke song, then it's got to be "Sweet Caroline." Like, I just, there's something about Sweet Caroline in a crowd that just makes me feel good. Well, yeah, so, you get the whole crowd into it. Bum, bum, sing it bum, right? yeah. Exactly. Like, you don't need to sing it right. Everybody knows it. So that's what I mean. If it's with friends and it's, like, with, with familiars, I'd probably sing a difficult song. If it's with uh, unknowns or I am had a little bit too many White Claws that day, then it's probably Sweet Caroline. Those are my answers. But I am very curious what Peter's answers are to this. I'm sure it's terrific. <laughs> no, I got another. I'm not oh. a singer. I'm not a public event guy. Um, there are some songs that sound better when amateurs sing them, because again, everyone knows the words, you can all get along, especially if you can group sing, it's normally the safest way to go for someone like me who sounds like he couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, uh, <laughs> if it was provided. Um, my wife's a good singer, so I, I normally just pass it off to her, but me and uh, friends, for some reason, we knew the words two songs all the way through, and that was Baby Got Back. Uh, and She's Love Lost it. That Loving Feeling, which is one of those oh. journey songs that sounds good when everyone knows the lyrics and you're all just singing along. And so we actually, that was our go-to if we had to do karaoke or just sing to a girl to annoy her in public, it would be you've lost that loving feeling. And I think it was also part of the Top Gun franchise at some point. Exactly. That's probably why we knew Gun. all the words. Yes. That's probably why we knew all the words. But so, yeah, yeah, that that's that's one, the only one I sang in public I, well, because I could do it with four other guys and, you know, quietly and you just hear that. It's fine. Uh, I want to hear uh, Peter sing Baby Good back oh i know <laughs> well i am in the market i do stuff for money right <laughs> i mean join a live stream donate a lot more than five dollars yeah, how much is that gonna it cost? still yeah. won't happen still won't happen <laughs> <laughs> okay but, i will thank uh... you for the money <laughs> <laughs> as russ would say that's the end of our show sheet so that is the end of our show 
Uh, I want to thank Peter for coming on. Uh, Peter, as we always do, we're going to let you say again, remind everyone your Twitter handle, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's at, at PA Howdy. You can find me at dlfdotsonleaguefootball.com. Tie my name in that into the search bar and you'll get all my articles. Um, yeah, I have a Patreon account and a YouTube account like everyone else in the world. So just at PA Howdy, you'll find me. If you want to, you know, tell me why I'm so wrong on fantasy football, because someone needs to. Let's face it. Uh, I'm making a lot of mistakes over here and you need to correct me. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks very much. Uh, it's great yeah. fun talking to you guys again. Yep, loved having you on. And then finish up with our stuff. To make sure you're uh, subscribed and supporting the DAP Network at DAP underscore network on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. Russ is at Dynasty Outhouse. Andrew, of course, is at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, make sure you're supporting Fantasy Cares. Russ can promote that better than I can, but there's a, there's a Twitter handle. Russ is always doing a whole bunch of stuff for Fantasy Cares, it seems like, at all times. Uh, Have you seen those um, run a league with me tweets? So a few people are run, uh, trying to earn money for Fantasy Cares. Oh, by pros versus oh, Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That looked like a lot of fun. You should, you should all check those out instead of the thing I said. Yes. <laughs> that is true, too. Um and, uh, oh, I guess I should also plug our, our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Pod. You can see Andrew and Peter's beautiful faces when we record, uh, be in the uh, Cool Kids Club. Um, I am a patron. I stuff. mean, I can go and watch us right now live. That'd yes, you can fun. go watch us, Peter. I would enjoy that. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that will finish it up for tonight. Great talking to Peter. Great talking to Andrew. Good night. Good night, you guys. Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FF Attic. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Attic Podcast. Poopy Pan, that is the best. <laughs> Yeah.